Welcome to the Mavs Fans for Life podcast. I'm Josh Mazur, the editor-in-chief for MavsFansForLife.com. I'm joined with my co-host and owner, Landon Thomas. Landon, say hello. Hey, what's up, y'all? So we're just, uh, we're, we're new to the Mavs Fans for Life podcast, but we're not new to the MavsFansForLife.com website. Uh, Landon, when, how long ago did you start the website? Uh, back in 2013, so it's been eight years. 2013. Oh man, that's longer than you think, right? It it <laughs> sneaks up on you really quick. I'm really excited. I, I, you know, um, you know how elated fans were like when um when the um, when the rocks um, music would hit on Friday Night SmackDown. <laughs> Th- that's yeah. that's how excited I am right now. Okay. It, it is the beginning of something something big for our website, I think, is to to really put some emphasis on the podcast and make sure that uh, we get the best interviews, make sure we get the best content, kind of relay what we have on the website, too, for some people that don't might not want to go read it off the website, but we can tell you what the articles were and maybe there's something really good on there, which we do have some really good up and coming writers now on the website that you might want to go check out. Yes. Mm-hmm. We've got a top five topics for the week. We're going to give them five, uh, five minutes a piece. And then we're going to kind of have a free for all. Um, this week we've had, we've had a lot of stuff going on actually in the last couple of weeks since we did this last podcast. Um, so number one, uh, the first thing that happened in this off season basically was Josh Richardson got traded. Um, yeah. that was something that, that Mavs fans were kind of clamoring for, uh, last year, especially at the end of the year, they, they, they didn't feel like they got what they wanted out of that player that we traded. Uh, we really lost a, a very good player in Seth Curry, um, for somebody mm-hmm. that we thought we were going to get Who a good well. defensive point guard. Yeah. And Seth Curry played well last year too, uh, which is even more of a burn. Um, but so what do you think did we lose or did we gain from trading away Josh Richardson? You know, when it, when it comes to Josh Richardson um, or just any player, when, when, when I dissect a player's game, I just, you know, I take three things to account. Um, what, what has he done prior to the day? Um, what has he done with previous teams? Um, what is his current role going to be on the maps and the, tra- um, the trajectory moving forward on the possible outcome for the team and the player. So, so with Josh Richardson, I saw a player who spent four seasons in Miami. His rookie year was uh, the second year post LeBron. Um, he had D Wade, um, Luol Deng, Justice Winslow and Gerald Green in front of him. Um, but he still played. He still found some minutes. The next three seasons, he moved into the starting lineup and he stayed in the starting lineup, um, which is hard to do for a young player right out the gate. Um, but I look at his final year because, you know, that's um, what we all look at um, when we think as his best complete season as of today in the NBA, right? Um, he had he had 16 points a game, four assists, four rebounds. Um, but when you really look into it, when you dissect this game, you wonder why is that? That's because he had to do that. Um, I looked at I looked at the roster and they had a total of 12 members on that roster who started over 10 games. You know, that, that, that's a that's unheard of. Um, yeah. And 
Josh Richardson's case, he started he started 73 games that he played in. Um, so he was the main pillar um, and he had to be that number one guy. Um, and just how the roster was built as well with Winslow, Whiteside, and injured Goran Dragic, um, who we'll get into later, <laughs> and a 37-year-old Dwayne Wade. Um, obviously, they had a young Bam. Um, Duncan Robinson didn't even play, but Richardson provided that consistency and also defended um, the opposing best player. So then he goes to the 76ers, where he's the fourth option behind Embiid, Simmons, and Harris. And he doesn't have the ball due to Simmons making him a 3 and D player. So he goes from a number one option to a 3 and D player, which kind of brings him down a bit. And the problem is he's not a 3 and D player. I mean, have you seen the last few seasons? <laughs> he's a good defender, don't get me wrong, and a good shooter, but he's not a great shooter. And he wasn't the best defender on his team guarding the opposing best player. So I think he had that same role in Dallas, you know, being the fourth option behind Luca Porzingis and Hardaway Jr. While Finney Smith defended the best perimeter player. And surprisingly, sometimes Doncic um, defended the best wing player. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think, I think he's a good player, but I just think with the Mavs, they can get better value um, at that at that price tag. What do you think? Well, so he is one of those players that uh, he's had a past where he did start for teams, but he's not necessarily, to me, a starting level, a starting caliber point guard, or at least for a team that has championship aspirations. Yeah. And I think that is what the Mavericks have. You can tell by, I mean, we have Luka Doncic. Mark Cuban wants a championship. There's no, there has never been anyone, whether you like him or you hate him, there's never been anyone that's ever said Mark Cuban doesn't want a championship in Dallas. So yeah. he's not one of those owners. So for a team that has championship level aspirations as the Mavericks do, I don't think that he's your starting point guard. And and you and I may have thought that a few years ago. I I, I thought when it, when we first got him from the 76ers and that trade happened, I wasn't angry about it. I was like, okay, yeah. this is the type of player we need. We might not need a Seth Curry. I was wrong. I, <laughs> which is something I, I don't I, like I, to admit. Uh, I, I would have much <laughs> much rather have kept Seth Curry, um, but that kind of brings me to the next uh, segment we have, which is um, the players that we got out of either that trade with jo the Josh Richardson trade or the player that that trade facilitated us signing in the off season, uh, which those are Moses Brown and uh, Bullock. So with those players coming into the fold, what do you expect from Moses Brown this season? Moses Brown, um, I really like Moses Brown's. Um, I saw a few games um, with the Thunder, especially one that he just torched us in the paint. Um, <laughs> not hard to do with our defense. <laughs> uh, but do I want Moses Brown to get an opportunity in this very crowded front court that we have? Yes, please. Uh, he, he's 21 years old. 
Um, he's 7'2 with a 7'3 wingspan, and he has a 9'3 standing reach. Um, well, I, I feel like the Mavs have three or four of the top 10 tallest players in the NBA. Um, but he, he moves well for his size, very athletic. And two things that I like about Moses, other than his name and his dreads, um, are his rebounding and his contract. Uh, Mavs are 21st in rebounding during the regular season and 16th in postseason in rebounding. And um, fun fact, there's uh, 16 teams um, that make the official playoffs. Um, Brown played 43 games last season. He started 32. He averaged 7.6 rebounds in 21 minutes per game. Uh, he didn't play in Portland his rookie season. Um, but that, that rebounding stays because he averaged 8.3 rebounds in, uh, rebounds in college at UCLA. So that's something that the Mavs need. Um, and I think that's something that the Mavs um, will possess if they give him that opportunity. Do you see him making cracking his way into the rotation? It's, it's hard to say with this new coaching staff who makes it into the rotation. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm used to analyzing a Rick Carlisle coaching staff where you can say like, yeah, this is a good character guy. He's going to get minutes. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know who gets minutes in a Jason Kidd uh, lineup, you know? So, um, but I will say this, he, Moses Brown has some, some out of nowhere potential because I don't know if you saw yeah. this or not, but his, his, his last season of the game or his last game of the season last year, have you seen the stats from that? Uh, no, was it like a 20 and 18 <laughs> game? Yeah. He had like, I think it was maybe 26, 27, 18 okay. rebounds and seven blocks against wow. the Clippers. So it, I'm granted the Clippers weren't playing everybody because they already had made the playoffs. They knew where they were going to be. And, but that, and that was also a thunder team that maybe the Clippers squad played down to, but in his mm -hmm. minutes on the court to get seven blocks against anybody <laughs> in the NBA is pretty unheard of. And also really good. They're really exciting. It's exciting that that player has that in him. Yeah. So to, to get somebody like that with so much potential from a player that was really uh, felt like he was underperforming in a Mavericks jersey is exciting to me. So, um, I, you know, I, I'm excited to have him. I think that he can make his way onto the court, no matter how many the, – the problem – one of the problems with the, the Mavericks uh, – front court right now is the fact that there's a lot of players that have similar skill sets and skill yeah. levels. So it's like, it's hit or miss who you put in that lineup because you have Dwight Powell who isn't playing like he used to. He's, he's, mm. I don't know if he's going to get back to the level that he was, but the level that he was at before even then wasn't stellar. I mean, he's a, he's an average NBA player which is True. hard to say, but he's an average NBA player uh, with a great heart and a good attitude. So, but that doesn't make him any better at basketball. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I'm going to, I'm going to get some hate for that, I think, but it, I love Dwight Powell, but uh, I would love for even more 
for someone better at basketball to be at that position if he ends up playing heavy minutes next year. So maybe Moses Brown is that. I I don't I don't know. Also, a little fun fact is, do you know the meme on uh, that goes around Twitter a lot? The head up meme with the UCLA yeah. players that I yeah, didn't realize that was him for a second. And then when he got traded to us, yeah, I was I was like, oh, we we have a meme player now. That's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, the you other know you're gonna see the jumbotron. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. They're gonna find a way to put that in there somebody the media guys the Mavs media guys are some of the best ones so they will find a way to to do the heads up meme so the other person that we the other player that we got out of that uh indirectly because of the cap space that we gained from that a middle-level exception player um Bullock is signing from he's coming from the New York Knicks after two years of playing for them He's a solid three and D player, an actual solid three and D player. Um, he's not going to make his own shot off the dribble, uh, but he is going to be able to get free uh, without the ball. He's got good off ball movement, um, which is something that we struggled with in this team is, is off ball yes. movement. Uh, it's usually a lot of guys standing around and waiting for Luca to either pass in the ball or, uh, you know, jack up a end of end of the shot clock uh, kind of shot. So uh, he also doesn't make mental mistakes. He, you know, I had a, a conversation with a with a Knicks analyst before I wrote my article on MavsFansForLife.com about his signing and asked what was the best part about him and the analyst said, oh, well, he just, he doesn't make mental mistakes. That's for sure. And he'll hit a three. Uh, so that, I mean, those are two things that, that are desperately needed on the, on a team that's pretty young uh, for the most part. So what do you think about that signing? Are you happy? Yeah, I am. Um, is it the right move? Yes. Um, you know, you, you said he doesn't make mental mistakes and he hits the three. So wouldn't you say that's the opposite of Josh Richardson? <laughs> yeah. And then, so the, the pro for Josh Richardson was that he hit his free throws, even in the, <laughs> even in the playoffs, but guess what? He was clutch with the free throws. Bullock hits his free throws too. So it's, you know, it's all exactly. of the things that we didn't have in Josh Richardson that maybe we get in Bullock. So yeah, I think um, he approves that way. Um, especially this day and age, you need you need role players who can shoot from the clip. You know, I posted uh, the other day on the site um, Twitter, Mass Fans for Life, um, that the Mavericks now have seven players who shot over um, 37 percent um, last season, um, and I also posted the volume of shots. I personally believe you know 37 is like that threshold where. Um, it separates the good shooters from the great shooters, um, especially when you're shooting over three attempts per game. Um, that it, it's just something that you need around Luca. Obviously, we don't know what um, you know system that Jason Kidd is going to implement. Is he going to go small? Is he going to go big? Is he going to have versatility? Um, but you need really off the ball, good role players around Luka Doncic and um, Kristaps Porzingis um, when healthy, specifically Bullock. You know, he, 
you're going to need his defense alongside Dorian um, going up against the best lineups in the West and the East, you know, that versatility um, where they can guard point guards, they can guard um, power forwards at times. I think they will finally get it right. Um, after striking out with DeLon Wright, you know, strike one, then you get Josh Richardson strike two um, the past two seasons. I think they found the right person that they're looking for in that type of player in Reggie Bullock. Where do you think he fits in the lineup? I know we don't, we don't really know what kind of coach Jason Kidd is going to be yet. Um, hopefully he's not uh, yeah. the same one he was in the past. Uh, <laughs> but where do you think he fits in our lineup right now? Uh, that, that's, a, that's a tough one. See, I've said this for a while. And hear me out where I'm going with this. Uh, I've said this for a while. Christoph Porzingis is a center. Um, you know, he's not, he's not a power forward in this day of age. Um, I don't think he wants to hear that. <laughs> do not tell Christoph this. <laughs> uh, I, I just don't see him playing the four here in Dallas um, or the remainder of his career moving forward. Um, can he play some four? Absolutely. In big lineups. Um, but I see 80% of his time at the five spot, which means I'm looking at, you know, um, shooting guard, um, small forward and power forward. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, solidified his starting spot this season, um, who can play the two and the three, which adds to the versatility um, and gives you that flexibility. Um, but with THJ, Doncic and Kristaps in the lineup, you need good defenders, um, at least, you know, um, versa versatility defenders that can guard point guards because you don't know if you're going to guard Curry and Lillard one day or you're going to guard Anthony Davis and LeBron the next day. Um, but you need those guys where they can um, guard one through four. And that's that's why I see Dorian and um, Reggie not competing for a starting spot, but rather starting together and defending um, the opposing team's best players. Where, where do you where do you see him fitting in? I I have no idea. <laughs> I I just want I want to get him on the court as much as You're possible. You're still in the Rick Carlisle. <laughs> I don't right know, man. I I it's so just like I want to get him on the court. I don't know. I don't know if he's a starter, yeah. uh, but I don't know who starts over him if he's not at this point. Yeah. You know. Um, really, it depends on who ends up. Really, it depends on the next person we're going to talk about. <laughs> I mean, yes. Honestly, it does. Because Goran Dragic wants to play in Dallas. Uh, he's yes. in Toronto right now in, in a wasteland, according to him. <laughs> that's not what he said, but that's kind of what it felt like, his quote that he came out with. Uh, he wants yeah. to play in Dallas. He's... 19 million dollars a year right now which i don't want him in dallas if he's going to be if he's going to continue to be 19 million dollars a year Correct. but he's really good friends with luca he wants to be here he doesn't want to be in toronto and at this point i don't know after this week i don't know if toronto wants him to be in toronto mm -hmm. um so if if he comes over i think that changes where bullock is on the uh, in the lineup because then you put him at point guard probably you put Luca at shooting guard 
then you've yeah. kind of I then you get this this lockup of of you kind of have to start THJ right I mean mm-hmm. he's so he's got to be in the first forward spot then you you know <laughs> I don't know you've you've like yeah, locked yourself your into forward? a corner yeah so are we gonna get uh, you can't play you can't really give block power forward minutes so no, yeah you know you. It it really does depend on Goran Dragic. What do you what do you think about Goran? You know, um, he, he's he's actually probably with Luca right now. You know, just hanging out because he don't, was the don't past say few that. days <laughs> partying and <laughs> celebrating, just like the Mavs front office. I wonder what, did, what went down behind closed doors on that that. But they're definitely not talking about the NBA. They are just, <laughs> of course, not having fun and talking about Slovenia together and Slovenian things. Yes, of course. Yeah. Let's get that on the record. Um, I get, I guess it all boils down to does a, does a buyout happen? You know, I think the biggest question, it has to be, is he going to be a vet man or is he going to be $19 million? Because, you know, if, if I'm in the hot seat, not even the hot seat because he just got a promotion, but if I'm um, Ujiri, you know, in Toronto, what good does it do for the Raptors to buy him out, really? I mean, it's it's an expiring contract, and they could really use him. Uh, they traded away a franchise player in Kyle Lowry, um, and they got Dragic and um, – Precious, uh, uh, he's very good. I think, you know, who who's going to be their guards? Um, I think they need a guard. Uh, they have Fred Van Bleet. They have Gary Trent Jr. Um, and then after that, you really only have Malachi Flynn, who's playing great in summer league, by the way. But is he ready? Um, so... I don't really see anyone else on that roster with the ability to play as an NBA guard in an NBA rotation, let alone starting role. Um, if if the Mavericks don't want to part with, um, let's just say, Powell and Willie Cauley-Stein, and um, they don't want to have that $19 million contract on the books, um, which I don't uh, as well as you, um, and, and reunite Luca with his mentor, then they might have to wait. Um, they might have to wait until um, next offseason. Who knows? But that's that's if if Toronto doesn't buy at, um, Goron um, out, obviously, or if there's not a trade deadline. But obviously, you you can you can kind of tell he's he's eventually going to be with the Mavs. He said he wanted to um, play with Luca before he retires. He wanted to spend you know the last few years uh, playing with Luca in a Mavericks uniform. So. It feels but, like we've been saying that though. Why does it feel like I've been years. saying that we were going to get Goran for like 10 years? I know it hasn't been that long, but it seems yeah. like it's so much of the conversation every year, especially because mm-hmm. I mean, we wanted him even before Luca. Yeah. Uh, came um, in the he's scene. a great player. Yeah. He's a, he's a really good player, but Smart I player too. Yeah. Talk about not making mental mistakes. That is that is key <laughs> for that guy. Um, but if the price is nineteen million, like you said, I don't. I mean, 
I don't know. It. I don't think you can get him for Willie Collie Stein and Dwight Powell. I you know I don't know yeah, if it I don't know if it financially works. I haven't looked at it, no. but also I just don't know if if Toronto does that. Um, yeah. Because those those players don't have the value that they that they once had. Uh, yeah. But if you're if if that player is just if Corin just wants to get out of town, maybe you just take what you can get. But like I said, if he's not pennies on the dollar to what he's uh, playing for right now, he can stay in Canada. I, you know, it's just, just stay in uh, Jurassic Park World up there with the Raptors and and uh, play out that contract, and then you can come here. But by the time he gets out of it, I, you know, he'll be he'll be as old as me, and I don't want to see me playing basketball. So, <laughs> so I mean, they, they they do have the leverage. I mean, because that's that's why we haven't had a, um had traded for him, right? Because I think they're they're probably wanting a first round pick or um, even a second round pick with a, a young player like Terry or Josh Green, right? Yeah. Um, if you, if but, you want Goron, come get him, but you're going to have to pay. But uh, I mean, it came out this week, late in the week, uh, from Mark Stein, I believe, that um, they're not even really willing to take calls from the Mavericks uh, right oh, now wow. be, because of. Um, I guess because of what they see as tampering because Luca and, and Draji are friends. So, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. It's a weird situation. Cause, but, and also as a pessimistic Mavs fan now for years, mm-hmm. I always feel like stuff like that just doesn't happen for the Mavericks. Uh, yeah. Things like that happen for teams like it seems like like the Lakers that always happens for the Lakers it all it it happens Miami. for uh, uh, Brooklyn and Miami and and those things but Dallas doesn't ever get the the 35 <laughs> year old superstar that just kind of falls into their lap at the end of their career he just, it i mean i guess the last time it happened was was Jason Kidd yeah and i mean and people thought that that he was done by the time that he came here, won a championship for us. Now he's our coach. So I guess he wasn't, but uh, I just, I feel like it's been a long time since something like that happened for us, but you know, so Goran's playing out of his $19 million contract and uh, from one big money man to the next, Luca got paid $207 million this week for a five-year contract. Jeez. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, I mean, that is huge. Can you even imagine? No, what, what what's do? the first thing you would buy with that? Uh, I, I, what would I buy? What's the first thing? What's the first stupid thing I would buy? I'm kind of a, a gadget guy. I'm a, a yeah. big photo nerd. And I would probably buy a Leica camera with the, that, that, which is, you know, they have, they have $30,000 Leica cameras and, and I wouldn't feel bad about it if I had $207 million in the bank or coming my direction. Yeah. Get one for all my friends. Everybody has a Leica. Don't know how to use it. Doesn't matter. Cause I'm filthy rich. I'll that's buy how, you classes. Right now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So with two, what would you buy? What would your first purchase be? Um, I'll probably buy probably buy you know just more money 
I'll invest it. You would, <laughs> you would buy more money. What is? <laughs> I'll, I'll be a big investor. I'll be in. I'll be on Shark Tank. Okay. All right. You go. Go. Uh, go on Shark Tank with. All right, with Cuban, and you can. You can skip over free agency and be on Shark Tank together. Thanks, no, Landon. I'll probably, buy, <laughs> I'll probably buy ice cream jug. I like ice cream. Ice cream jug. Who? There was a there was a player that did that. Who did that? Oh really? Yeah, see, there was a player. See, exactly. That was the first thing they bought. Who was that? I'll never think it. I'll never think of it. So, but we'll move on. But somebody, whenever they listen somebody to this, tell me it. what player bought an ice cream truck whenever they first got their money. I cannot, for the life of me, remember who it is. <laughs> But I vividly remember somebody talking about that. See, we're on the so, right track. <laughs> so we had a we had a few good articles this week. I don't know if you. I don't know if, if as the owner, do you actually read our articles, Landon? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't fire me. <laughs> so we had a few good ones uh, this week, and I want to I want to give some of them a little bit of a spotlight here yeah um he's kind of a a beloved character in the mavs world but sometimes he has some some really um aggressive (laughs) things Mm. to say about the basketball landscape and that's chuck cooperstein um Uh, yes this week i don't did you see his his tweet about uh mavs twitter yes yeah. Don't, so he said, don't I'll, I'll read it off for you. Yeah, go ahead. Just, read, just read to refresh you, I'll, I'll read it off for you. Read it off for us. He said, Mavs Twitter snark surrounding Mavs slash Luca after what we've just watched is really sad. Everyone is slotted. Mm. No one has room to improve. There's an assumption that the front office will never do anything to improve the team or even try. One man's opinion, you don't deserve nice things. Yeah, that's the one I remember that last line don't deserve nice things i think that's a that, very that tweet is fine if he doesn't say you don't deserve nice yeah, things right that's what yeah that's what took it over the edge just something that you would like think of while you're just you know while you're on the toilet or something like you that's a very thought out tweet right yeah and and in response to that um one of our newer writers adriana wrote a nice piece about how she thinks that maybe chuck cooperstein doesn't deserve nice things <laughs> so i'd like everybody to go check that one out um another one that caused a little bit of a ruckus uh this week was the top five mavericks not named yes. dirk or luca and i know you chimed in earlier in the week about this when mm. this came out kyle wrote this out for us and his top five I'll read them off for you here. And yeah. you don't, after, after I get five through one, then you can be angry. Uh, before, the, angry. just let me get them all out. <laughs> five was Jason Terry. Uh, it called him a really good sidekick to Dirk. Um, mm-hmm. Four was Steve Nash, which was interesting. Three was Michael Finley. Uh, hard to argue. Michael Finley being somewhere in that top five. Yeah. Two, Jason Kidd. And number one, Mark Aguirre, which, so I don't have a problem with Mark Aguirre being up there. Um, but, and I think, I think you would come with me on this. Jason Kidd and Steve Nash played their best years away from the Mavericks. Yeah. 
So it's hard for me to put them in the top five Mavericks, not named Dirk or Luca. Mm-hmm. If most of their good years were away from the team. So with that being said, what are, what are your top five? Not named Dirk or Luca. Yeah, this, this is very, this is an interesting topic because, you know, when you say top five for a franchise or organization, you're blending decades of different type eras of basketball, right? Um, it's hard to compare, but my top five would be, oh, not named Dirk or Luca, right? <laughs> be, <laughs> it's hard because, you know, you really want to, your, your first instinct is always, okay, Dirk, then who's next? Yeah. Okay. Um, so my top five not named Dirk or Luca would obviously be, Mark Aguirre, um, I, I don't think he gets a lot of love. And I'm not just talking Dallas. I'm just talking NBA in general. Like, the dude was a stud. Um, That's true. He was a scoring machine. Like, he he was mellow times two. Like, he was, he, he was a stud. And then um, Rolando Blackman, yeah, you, you got to have Blackman in there, um, what, what he did with um, the Mavericks during the 80s. And then I had personally, I had kid. Um, I know how you feel about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just feel what he's done for our franchise. Um, the first go around is um, obviously the second go around. Um, I just feel. Um, I think I think I think he's he's up there when you look at the stats. I mean, obviously, you kind of measure accolades with you know three time All Star in Dallas, but. Um, I think he's up there and at number three. And then you have um, Finley, um, who's still around the Mavs organization. Um, I remember one of the first memories I have of the Mavericks was watching TV and and the broadcast said Michael versus Michael. It was Finley versus (laughs) Jordan. (laughs) That's one of the first memories I have. Yeah, they always said Michael versus Michael. And then I would have uh, Derek Harper. You know, he, okay. he he also doesn't get a lot of love for what he's done. Obviously, you guys uh, from the organization, you got it. He's on TV every night. We had him on the podcast. He he got his jersey retired. But I'm just talking as an NBA as a whole. Um, he, he's one of the underrated guys who he's one of the top guys who never been an all star. So that would okay. be my top five. What about you? Who Who is in your top five, Josh? Um, mine's pretty, mine's pretty similar to yours. I do have no one of them who you're a big fan of. (laughs) (laughs) I I know you're talking about. Uh, So I, I put Josh Howard in my top five. Josh Howard is, is to me, severely underrated for what he did uh, while he was a Maverick and just his, his career overall. I think that if he played, in this era of basketball instead of the, the era right before it. I think mm-hmm. that politically um, he wouldn't have, have gotten quite the, the bad deal that he did um, with his, I, I, I caution to even call it struggles with marijuana. Cause he just, he smoked weed. So it's, yeah. you know, now I don't think it would have been as big a deal as it, it was back then. People labeled him as a, as a drug addict and stuff. So that was a, a little, it's a little frustrating to look back and see how good he was as a sidekick mm-hmm. to Dirk 
and how he was when we traded him away when the when we when the Mavericks traded him away sorry I, I went into fan mode because I was such a big fan at that point in life yeah. I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't a journalist at that point I was just a a, a college kid um, but when he was when he was playing side by side with with Derek um, you know he was putting up eighteen in his last in his last time, uh, I mean, almost 20, 20 and seven mm-hmm. in his last year with the, with the Mavericks, he played defense. He was fast. He didn't make mental mistakes. We've, we've kind of harped on that on this episode, but he didn't, he was, a, he was a, a smart player. He was long. He, he just severely un, underappreciated as a, as a Maverick. And at the time, mind you, he was big. Like he was yeah. a very popular player. It's crazy to me to think that the people have almost just forgot about him, that he yes. like, like he wasn't something he was, he was maybe the, the best young player we had drafted since Dirk. Um, and you know, the Mavericks tend to not be great in the draft that we've got. We've obviously gotten two legendary players in the past 20 years, but in between that time period, we struggled to get yeah. good players. Um, I, I, I feel like he was underrated. He's in my top five. He's probably not in most people's top five, but it's top five, not named Dirk or Luca. So I can put whoever I want in there. <laughs> of course. And he was always Mr. First quarter score. Oh yeah. He, yeah. Get like 10 points he was the, the first spark quarter. for the beginning of the, uh, the game, every game. And another player that he, he's not in my top five, but he goes hand in hand with Josh Howard to me. And that's Marquise Daniels. They were together uh, constantly. And I just think out of all the players that we've had, uh, Josh Howard would be such a good player to put beside Luca. Can you imagine having those two type of players? Because we're we're excited about getting a guy that will play defense and can shoot a three. But Josh Howard could actually dribble. Uh, He played defense. He scored with relative he a lot of the times Josh Howard made made scoring look easy but he that wasn't his thing yeah. it wasn't a score first kind of player so I don't know I I just really I really enjoyed watching him play and uh it makes me sad that he's not more more loved but the rest of the guys in my top five since I've talked way too much about Josh Howard uh Aguirre Blackman Howard Finley and even though I kind of poo-pooed it because he spent most of his, the majority of his career at the top of his career somewhere else, uh, but Jason Kidd, because he, he, I mean, he won a championship here and he, and he contributed uh, a lot to that championship uh, team. So you did put Kidd in there and there we go. Yeah, okay. I, it's hard to like, it's either, it's either him or Terry. Yeah, I was um, struggling with the penitentiary. Yeah. And you struggle, you go back and forth, but I think um, when it came down to it, in a leadership role, I think I think that Jason Kidd had a had a bigger influence on that team. Jason Terry was one of those players that he influenced the team by his attitude. He had yeah. a never quit. Um, angry attitude on the court and it was fun to watch mm-hmm. um jason kidd was 
more stoic and more of a, a, a leader. He was almost, a, he's a floor general, which is what people call people like Jason Kidd, but also he was, he was a, an extra coach on the floor um, and was really important to that championship team. So it's hard to take him out of that top five, but I do think that he spent the majority of his more successful, more uh, active years in the NBA playing for the nets and playing for the Suns. Um, and I also wish that it, that the end of his career, the first time and the second time with the Mavericks had ended differently because both of them yeah. were, were pretty bitter. If you remember, right? Like yeah. the, the second time he left the Mavericks was not pretty. And the first time he left the Mavericks wasn't pretty. It was not pretty. Yeah. So let's hope let's that, make the that the a third, third time, time. <laughs> <laughs> is not yeah. as ugly it's as the other times. Where the trend is going. Um. <laughs> it seems like Jason Kidd can't have a healthy divorce, but uh, in uh, life yeah. or basketball, but um <laughs> Anyway, that so that that was my top top five for the Mavericks. Uh, a lot of people were arguing about that. And speaking of arguing, uh, probably the most argumentative article we've posted in a long time on MavsFansForLife.com yeah. is the "Who Do You Blame" article uh, by mm-hmm. Evan. Evan spends a lot of time in that article discussing why he thinks Mark Cuban is the the problem. Um, with yep. the Mavericks and uh, what to do to solve that, that problem. And I, I don't necessarily, I, I understand uh, Evan's sentiment about Mark. I don't, I tend to be one of the Mavs fans and Mavs journalists that, that think that Mark Cuban is a good owner because I've seen bad owners. Um, yes. And once, once you've seen bad owners, you can recognize who the good owners are. Um, I do think that he's um, starting to teeter on that Jerry Jones type of owner <laughs> personality. Yeah. Um, hands on everything. Yeah. He's, he's got more hands in the pot. I think it got worse after um, we had a few scandals a few years ago in the Mavericks offices. Yeah. I think his hand, he got a little more active in, in what was going on with his organization, but um, Evan makes some good points in there. Um, so I would suggest anybody that, that wants to see what those points are is to head over to mavsfansforlife.com and, and check out Evan's article. Who do you blame now? I think that's it for this week, man. I, I we had a busy, a very busy week in Mavericks land with the Luca contract and, um, I mean, Josh Richardson trade was, was before, but we actually announced the, the signings this week. Um, yeah. let's hope next week's podcast, we have more news, maybe better news, even more signings and trades and something interesting to happen. But if not, we're still going to be here and we'll still find a way to make it interesting. Always. Uh, Mazfansforlife.com. Go check us out. Have a good one.